welcome back to The Rural Rockstar. Today's episode is a very special episode because I've asked my friend Meg to come along and interview me all about the big trip that we took as a family earlier this year. Some of you may know that for the first six months of this year, Tim and I took the kids on a big adventure, which ended up actually being all around the world. And we had planned this big adventure for a very long time. And as you'll hear in the interview, it was perhaps a little bit different to what we had expected. And we certainly learnt lots of things. I learnt lots of things about myself. Um, We had some challenges. We had different struggles and it affected my business in a way that I hadn't expected as well. So listen into the interview and you'll hear from from myself all about the trip and Meg asks me lots of wonderful questions and I hope you really enjoy it and I hope that there's some learnings in it for you. There were certainly lots of learnings in, in the trip for us and I am really thrilled to be able to share it with you in this interview today. So enjoy. to the Rural Rockstar. I'm your host, Katrina Myers, and today I've asked my fabulous friend Meg to come back and interview me once again. I think this is our third episode together, or more. We've probably done more together now. So it's lovely to have Meg back. Hello, Meg. Hi, Katrina. Yes, thank you for being here. I've invited Meg back to interview me and ask me all about our big trip. So we thought this would be a lovely way to do it because rather than me just kind of, you know, telling you all about it, I thought, why not ask Meg to come along and prompt me with all the questions that you may have as well about all the learnings, how we actually managed to make the trip happen and everything that we learned about it and what I'm up to now and all of these good things. And Meg is such a good interviewer, so it's a special treat to have you back again today, Meg. So thank you for being here. My pleasure. Yes. So are you going to just head on into all the wonderful questions about everything we learned about the trip? Would you like to get started and um, hit me up? Yes, let's jump straight in. So Katrina, we're going to be talking today about the trip that you and your husband, Tim, took with four children to multiple countries. And I'm guessing for some listeners just hearing that their nervous system is on fire, thinking multiple countries, husband, four children during the pandemic. So there's still a lot happening. What inspired you to take the trip? So the trip had been planned for a very long time. Basically, we're, you know, starting going way back to when Tim and I, I think we were living in Bangkok in about 2008 and we sort of had the idea then of one day when we have kids, we'd love to take them for a year out to experience different things, live somewhere else, do all the things. It was just a bit of a pipe dream, you know, one day thing back then. But that's actually where it started. And then we went away on another trip a few years ago, or probably five years ago now, and we're like, all right, we kind of need to make this trip happen. Like it was, we just went on a short like week holiday, Tim and I, and it really inspired us again to be like, okay, we really do want to do this trip with the family. Let's get it happening. How are we going to go about it? So we'd been planning it then for five years, you know, and that was when we, five years ago, we probably sort of said, okay, we want to make this happen. How are we going to make it happen? What do we need to get in place? You know, who do we need to organize to manage the farm for us? That was probably the biggest thing. And, you know, where are we going to go? And at that stage, you know, we'd had we'd actually had the inspiration to kind of get a boat. We thought, oh, let's get a boat because Tim's always had this dream of like going sailing. Uh, and then the reality of like, actually, hang on a minute, we're not going to be able to afford a boat, you know, because we didn't want to have to sell the farm to go and do this trip. So, okay, we, we can't afford a boat, so let's just rethink that. Uh, and then, so then we thought, well, what are we going to do? 
And we sort of tossed around lots of different ideas. And then because the pandemic had been in place for a couple of years, that really sort of hindered our planning in terms of we couldn't plan anything because we didn't know where we'd be able to go. So at one stage we were thinking, well, we'll just um, get a caravan and travel around Australia. Let me tell you, thank goodness we didn't do that, and I'll share with you why later on. We, we are not a caravan family, we've realised. So um, so, that, so we had to just sort of, it was very much a last-minute, you know, decision as to where we actually went because we had to head off with the, yeah, really not knowing where we could and couldn't go. And we had to leave it until really the, so we left in the January, on the 20th of January, and we sort of decided in about the December exactly where we were going to go because we just could not plan anything much. So, yeah, I guess that would also be making people feel a bit like, oh, my goodness, how could you have not had a plan? <laughs> it just feels like, wow, I can't even imagine that. But I think we knew we wanted to, we had planned, what we had planned was to take this year out. So we had everything set up in terms of the right staff in place, you know, the school, the age of all the school kids um, or the age of all the kids at school. Like there was sort of the timing because we've got four kids, we had to get the timing right for each of them. So we sort of, we knew it had to be that year. Timing probably couldn't have been worse in terms of financial and also pandemic. But the other things that we needed to have in place were right to go. So we're like, right, let's just do it and wing it. <laughs> <laughs> so for most people, the idea of winging it is deeply uncomfortable. So what helped you move forward in the planning stage, knowing that a lot of it was out of your control? I think it was just that, that we'd had it planned for so long, like because we'd got everything in place and we knew we wanted to do it and been working towards it. It was almost like we, we couldn't not do it. And like for me in particular, I was at the point where I just really, we, we were so primed to go and do it that would have felt so disappointing if we didn't. And I think we just knew, because Tim and I have done a lot of traveling too. So I think that helped. We've, we've been to lots of places. Um, we're very comfortable with travel and we both love it so much that it didn't really worry us that we couldn't have a solid plan. It was kind of seemed a bit fun to us to be just like, all right, we'll just, we'll get the first place down. So we ended up going to Thailand first because we could actually get in there. It was pretty actually um, hectic actually getting in there at the time because we were, I think, one of the first, you know, to leave Australia on about the 20th of Jan in 2021. Hardly anyone was leaving Australia to go on holidays because at that stage you still have to do, you know, it was too risky to basically go for a two-week holiday. So unless you were going for a long time, you probably didn't really want to leave. So, yeah, so we, we decided on Thailand first and we could get in there. And so we thought, well, look, let's just go there and we'll see what happens. You know, we kind of liked that idea of see who we meet, see what comes our way, and then that will lead to the next thing. And so that it kind of felt kind of exciting to do that for us rather than having it all set out and planned. And, Having done as much travel as we've done, we also know that often it's good to have it loose because you end up in a place that you really love and then you can stay there for a bit longer or you can go somewhere else. And so it's quite nice to have that flexibility. A little bit more stressful when you're doing it with four kids rather than just the two of you, though. <laughs> Let me tell you that much. <laughs> I actually can't imagine. The only holidays I'll be going on for the foreseeable future have kids clubs. So I can't imagine. But there must have been a part of you that was so driven towards this vision? And what was the vision to take the trip? Well, the vision really was to experience something completely different for the kids, to give the kids, yeah, a completely different experience, experience different cultures, to push them all out of their comfort zones at an early age and show them that everything would still be okay, which it was, although it was also quite full on, and to really, I guess, challenge them and, yeah, push them out of there like this is, you know, because 
they have hadn't really left the farm for two years as well with the pandemic and everything. Like we had barely even been to Melbourne. But it was just something in us because, as I said, we both love travel so much and there was just always this yearning to do this trip as a family and to show the kids that there's, you know, this big wide world out there and all these different things to see and do and experience and the you know, tastes and smells and textures of people and all of that stuff that is just so rich and rewarding that you get from travel. And I think, yeah, that was that was really the the main driver that we just wanted to it was just a you know like a bucket list thing that we always wanted to do. So before you took off, was there any niggling self doubt or worry about the trip? No, I don't think there was. The I guess the financial side of it was always that was always a little bit unknown, like how we could afford this. Um, but that was probably the only major. Well, the only yeah, the only thing that we really worried about. I mean, I think. <laughs> I'd forgotten about like it had been so long that we'd, since we'd been on a family holiday that I'd forgotten how hard family holidays are. My brain is really good at just remembering all the good bits and forgetting about the bad bits, I think. so. And I think that we thought, oh, it's fine, the kids are old enough, it'll be great. So I don't think we were too worried about anything really. Oh, well, I mean, apart from the fact that we were leaving in the middle of the pandemic. So we were quite a little bit worried at the time about, you know, we had to isolate for the month before we left. Pretty much because at that stage, you know, if you even got a, a sniff of COVID, you couldn't leave the country. So that sort of stuff was quite stressful. It was an added layer that, you know, in normal times you wouldn't have had to worry about. And trying to get six of us to stay COVID free so we could leave the country was pretty challenging. But we managed to do it. We couldn't believe it when we got out negative results so we could leave. But yeah, that was probably probably the only things was the worry around COVID and then the financial side of it, worrying about if we could do it. Was there any part of you that was worried that you wouldn't want to come back, that you, this travelling life would be so fun and so exciting that you won't want to come back to the farm? Yeah, there definitely was for me. I don't think there was for Tim. I think for me there definitely was. Like I was because also I guess, you know, I suppose when you're in the world of entrepreneurship and all that too, it's everyone living these great lives online and being digital nomads, you're like, oh, maybe that would be fantastic. Like we could do that, you know, just – Maybe we won't want to come back and there'll be this big world out there and it'll be so exciting and fun. So there was definitely that for me. Um, it, and it was more a question and it was it's probably not so much of a fear. It, it might have turned into a fear, but at the time it was more of like, a, oh, I wonder if you know we could do this forever and we'll end up just wanting to sell the farm and never come back. That was definitely a thought that I had for sure. So what was it like to travel with your husband and four children to multiple countries? <laughs> so, I mean, overall it was awesome and it was incredible and we had, you know, the most incredible experiences and it is something that we, you know, we're so glad we did it and we will think about it forever and we'll talk about it forever and the memories we made are just, you know, so, so special. But it was definitely a lot harder than I think we anticipated, um, or certainly that I anticipated, in, just in terms of like our living space and where we were, and the different dynamics, like the kids were just a lot more feral, you know, like in terms of they were a lot more heightened, their nervous systems were more heightened, there was more arguments and we had all this time together, no time apart really. And this, the houses that we lived in, because we have this beautiful big kind of open plan space, maybe you've been up here recently, so now you know, you can picture where I live. So it's quite, you know, we've all got our own space, which works really well for the family. 
And so to be in spaces, you know, for long periods where you don't have all of that and you miss your outdoors and all those sorts of things was a lot more challenging. Um, and then we were trying to homeschool the kids as well. So that was hard. And then I was trying to work and do my business. Tim was sort of homeschooling the kids. And it was all just, yeah, just the, the, the day-to-day living of it was a lot harder than, you know, especially because sort of all these things can look so glamorous on the internet too. And you see a lot of other families doing all the travel things and isn't it amazing? Um, but you only see the highlights. You don't see the actual day-to-day. And, I mean, look, I think some families do it really well um, and they love it, but I think for us it was, yeah, the reality of it was a lot different from the expectation, I guess. So it sounds like that daily living experience was really amplified, like emotions were high, experiences were intense, and that's the positive and the negative. So what you got to see, what you got to smell in one day would have just been incredible, but then also navigating so many nervous systems in a small space. Can you tell us about one part of the trip where you really felt the pinch of pressure and nervous systems and I want to go home. <laughs> well, that was in the camper van. So <laughs> I know exactly the moment where that happened. So I guess you're exactly right. Everyone's nervous systems are heightened. Every time you move and especially like just watching the different children and even like, you know, I'm so aware of all of this stuff. So but so much of the well-being stuff and so much of this is when you're in it, it's very different. You can look at it when you're not in it and be like, well, this is what will happen. But then when you're actually in it, it's really hard. And so we were probably, I don't know, I think we were three months into the trip and we ended up going from Thailand onto Italy. You know, we got COVID in between and we couldn't go to us to Morocco like we've got to and plans got changed. And then we ended up um, getting from Italy down to Portugal in a camper van. And I think by this stage, we you know, we'd had two weeks uh, in lockdown in Bangkok with all with COVID and then, you know, so by the time we got to the camper van, we're already pretty strung out. <laughs> and so the camper van was definitely the point where I was like, oh, my God, why did we do this? You know, and, and, and not the whole trip but really just like, and to be honest, again, my crazy brain that loves to just think about the good bits and, and visualise the dream thought that the camper van would be great fun. And I actually think the kids had a ball. Like they did love it. They had a really good time. But for me, it was just that it was that really big reminder of how important all my tools are and, like, my daily, you know, I do the meditating movement. I'm up early before the kids so I've got my time to myself and, I, you know, and the importance of having, my, you know, my own time really highlighted that to me. And all the things, you know, eating good healthy food when you're in a camper van, you're travelling, you're on the road, it's really hard to have healthy meals. There's no downtime really because you're all around each other all the time. So all of that, it was just that very big reminder for me of just how important all my tools are now when I can't do them, you know, which is also really good, a good reminder just to be kind of a little bit maybe sometimes more relaxed about the tools. It was a good wake-up call for me in some ways of just how much I need them now. But, yeah, that was definitely the point where I realised, whew, yeah, so firstly, thank goodness I've got all my tools. And secondly, yeah, I really do need to do them. And being in a confined space for two weeks is not good for all of us. So in a confined space for two weeks, what do you think really helped you navigate that time without causing too much damage to relationships? 
So definitely trying as best I could to stick to my routine. So I still managed to, like, I would crawl in the front of the camper van and sit in the driver's seat so I could meditate in the mornings, <laughs> wake up before everybody else. <laughs> I was so desperate. Um, but I thought, no, I just can't. I can't miss my meditating, you know, so that was, that was very funny. Uh, so sticking with my tools going, I, I managed to still exercise. Like I had to keep trying to find the time to do the running and that sort of thing. And then also just telling everyone how's the family. Like, okay, guys, you know, this is hard for me. I'm noticing that I'm heightened and I'm not coping that well with this whole experience and talking to Tim about it and just letting him know how I was feeling and just, you know, checking back in with myself and really sticking to as best as I could all the things that I do. You know, like there's a real tendency, I guess, to just sort of throw in the towel at that point and be like, oh, it's all too hard and it's hard to keep doing the things when it gets hard. But I knew that it was even more important to stick with it and, yeah, just communicating with everybody else how I was feeling really helped and that got me through it. And then, you know, Focusing on the good bits of it too because it was a really special time, you know, like the kids loved all bunking in together and we're all going to bed together at night and all that kind of stuff and just thinking about how lovely it was and just, you know, giving myself a little talking to of like Katrina, you're in Europe in a camp van, this is like awesome, just remember, even though it's hard, it's still great, you know, so coaching myself through it helped a bit. <laughs> well, they're all really important skills that we can apply to all areas of our lives. That when it feels tough, routine, predictability, do what we can, let go of what we have no control over, and being able to coach ourselves in the moment is such a skill. And I'm curious to know what were some times where you just thought, this is the best? It is worth all the effort, all the COVID tests, all the waiting all the tickets, what were those moments? Yeah, well, there was definitely quite a few of those moments and one that comes to mind is we were, we, so we were in, when we were living in Thailand and we went across to Koh Tao for the weekend and, you know, the best thing about travelling when we travelled was that places weren't too busy, like it was still pretty quiet the whole time. So, you know, that meant that we got things cheaper, which was great, plus it wasn't too busy and, we stayed in this cool house and we took this longboat out for the day. This guy takes you out in a longboat and you go snorkeling. And we're all in the water and we're all snorkeling together. And even little Henry, who was like, he couldn't really swim properly then, but he had a snorkel on and he was just like piggybacking onto Tim and still managing to snorkel. It was the cutest thing. And we're all there and we all saw this giant sea turtle and all these little um, baby sharks. And it was just this such a cool day and such a cool moment. And everyone was just, in great moods, amazingly, like everyone just was great and it was just a really like, my goodness, I can't believe we're doing this. And it was so special. And I have to say, like throughout the whole trip, I was able to almost, no, I would say every day I was able to go, oh, my God, I can't believe we're doing this. Despite it being really hard, there was so many moments of, my goodness, this is so cool. I can't believe we're here. And this is, I just feel so lucky to be doing this. I'm so glad we did it. So when you look back on it, you've been back a few months now and you reflect on it, what were the lessons you learned as far as your relationship with Tim? So being in a relationship with another adult on the road, what did you learn? So I guess I learned that Tim and I could travel together forever, like no worries, we're good. It was the kids. <laughs> this is definitely the kids that was hard work. <laughs> but, you know, like we just we didn't have – yeah, we were, we were, we're very, we've got a great relationship in terms of we communicate really well and maybe Tim's just 
the most crazy person in the world and puts up with all of my, you know, <laughs> intolerances. But but no, it just works well. We just, you know, we get along really well and we're able to navigate all the challenges together. Like we're always on each other's team. We're very on board with that, you know, parenting and how to, you know, deal with all the challenges that we faced. And pretty good at just navigating whatever came up really, especially Tim. Like he does have a very, very calm, like can, can sort of take anything in his stride sort of nature, which really helps. I mean, there are moments that he certainly found it hard as well, um, you know, mainly with the kids when everyone's heightened and they're, you know, trying to kill each other in the back seat of the car wherever you go anywhere and you're like, look at this view, look where we are. And they're just, you know, <laughs> screaming in the background. I'm not really appreciating it at all. But, yeah, so. I think that definitely, you know, I think we're so lucky that we have the relationship that we have and we're able to travel together like that because it would definitely make or break some people. It's like, you know, people say, why don't you have a child to fix a relationship? And it just definitely does not fix a relationship because we all know how hard having a child is. Well, (laughs) you know, go on a six-month holiday with your four kids and see how it goes. But, yeah, we were were very lucky that – and I think we could – we would definitely consider doing something again in a different format. We wouldn't move around. I think if we did it again, we'd probably do it where we just would go and just stay in the one place. So I think it's the moving around and and also just finding a house that sort of suits a big family with a bit more space is, is really important. But, yeah, certainly relationship-wise, thank goodness, Tim and I were okay. So what did you learn about parenting and travel? Yeah, so parenting, I guess, it's just like everything on steroids. You know, it's just like life at home, but everything's uh, extreme, you know. So noticing all the different uh, characters or, you know, personalities of all the different kids and the way they cope with things, you know, eldest one was like just pretty much, I would say, not that she hated it, but she just, her response was very... um, she yeah didn't it was obviously too much for her nervous system a lot of the time even though like she seems sort of calm like so that it was hard for her being the oldest you know preteen wanting to get back to friends all that kind of stuff and then you know different kids like just the way that they respond and their nervous systems respond to the different situations and just having to be like on all the time and parenting you know to the extreme basically it was like you did not get a break from parenting which I found really really hard and, you know, parenting is hard at the best of times uh, and when you're just on 24-7 and there's no real break, a bit like what everyone went through in COVID really, you know, it's like what everyone was experiencing when they had to homeschool and all of those things during COVID and we didn't get it, we didn't have to do a lot of that during COVID so I was probably a bit naive. Maybe if I'd had more lockdowns I would have gone into it a bit more um, <laughs> with my eyes open. But So it's just all the normal parenting things but, you know, probably steroids and harder because everybody's out of routine it's hard to find a good routine because you're like well we don't really need to go to bed early because you don't have to get up early in the morning for school so all of those things and again the different foods different smells so everyone's nervous system's just heightened and all the kids are responding you know in different ways so it's parenting in the extreme in different circumstances <laughs> it's hard <laughs> And so what did you learn about your relationship with farm life and your community from being away? Yeah, so basically for me, so we talked about, you know, maybe I would want to travel forever. Well, it was the opposite. It was definitely the opposite, it was like. And it wasn't that I couldn't wait to get home, although towards the end, to be honest, like we were all busting to get home. You know, when we headed off, we thought we might go for 12 months, 6 to 12 months. 
But a couple of months in, we were like, hmm, six months will definitely be long enough. And by the end of the six months, we were all well and truly ready to come home. And it really just did make me appreciate even more where we live. Like Tim and I often talk about we didn't do the trip to, you know, escape the rat race or get away from, you know, our lives. And, and a lot of people I think do. They head off on a big trip because they're just sick of the daily grind and they just want to get away and have that, you know, um, different life experience. Whereas for us it was a diff- it was wanting a different life experience but not to escape the life that we have. It was more just to experience something new. So I think it really just made us appreciate where we are even more and how lucky we are to live where we live and that we really do love the life that we've got. Um, you know, we, we weren't unhappy when we left and we are happier probably now <laughs> that we're home. And I think it really made us appreciate it all even more and, and it sort of it definitely had the opposite effect on me. I kind of don't want to go anywhere for a long time now. <laughs> and, yeah, just love being home. So now you've been home a few months, you've had some time to um, recover from all of the adventures that you've had. What's the future hold for you now? Yeah, well, it's actually been interesting. It's it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I'm starting to get excited about my business and all that sort of thing again. It actually took me a lot longer than I thought to recover and to recalibrate from the trip. Tim sort of hit the ground running. He got back into harvest and it's been flat out and then we've had harvest and floods and so farm has been really hectic which is also probably a factor in why I haven't been, you know, like straight back into all my business and stuff because I've really had to just be on at home and, you know, getting the kids recalibrated, myself recalibrated, but just manning the fort at home uh, because Tim's been so flat out with harvest and floods and everything. It's been such a hectic time. So it's really taken me this good three or four months to just, yeah, for my nervous system to settle. And I've only, I've just noticed in the last month that I'm like, oh, think back to normal you know it, it took a lot longer than I thought it would to just really yeah to be feeling like myself again I guess and to be have that you know calm to be less snappy with the kids you know and all of that stuff that was sort of carrying over I think and for the kids as well to recalibrate and to get back into it and to settle and to navigate their way back into their friendships properly and their schooling and all that kind of thing so it's taken a lot longer than I thought but now the last few weeks, I would say probably just the last few weeks, I just like it's like I lost my confidence too. That's the other thing I really noticed because I sort of had a break from my business because it got quite hard to do all of that while we were traveling. It's like I really lost my confidence. I think you and I were talking about it and it really was like, oh, that's what's happened. Just really lost my confidence and I had to get back out there and just start again and go through all the discomfort and do it messy and just like, oh, here we go again. I've got to push through all this resistance and just get back out there. And I've started to do that and it's starting to flow and it's so good and I'm so excited to really get back into the work that I do, which is teaching people meditation and doing the courses and sharing everything I've learned to support other people. Um, And next year I'll be doing lots more of that and I'm I'm really excited. I'm going to be doing free meditations in our community as well, just free guided ones for practice for me and then just also for sharing the love of meditation in the community and then teaching that online. And we've also setting up another house here on the farm. We've got a second house on the farm that mum actually built and she's now moved to Ballarat. So that's going to be a really cool, beautiful Airbnb so people can come and stay at the farm. And I'm hopefully going to do some meditation retreats there and that sort of thing. So, and it just, it's a different 
perspective now, I guess, like we've been building up for so long towards this trip, you know, like five years, sort of building towards this thing. And I think that's another reason why it's taken me a long time to really get back to like, okay, what now? It's almost like that come down after you've done something like that. It's like a, a bit of a come down and a recalibrate and, you know, reassess. And it actually feels really calming and exciting and nice just to be, okay, well, this is where we are and this is what's happening and it's like a new chapter and I'm just really excited to, yeah, to share it all and get back out there and have some fun with it now, I think. Well, we're so excited that you had a wonderful trip, that you learned a lot and that you're back because the world needs you to be out and about doing your work in the world. Well, wouldn't if it wasn't for you, Meg, I would be probably still like just recalibrating for who knows how long, but it's been thanks to your encouragement and support. And, you know, that's one of the things we talk about so often is you need support. You know, whenever you're trying to do something new, make a change, whatever it is, support is so important and you need those like cheerleaders and people who hold you accountable and just give that push and all of that. So thank you for doing that for me and supporting me (laughs) so much. Well, it works both ways. We're kind of like when one's up, one's down and just keep working around and I think that is true. That's that joy of adult friendship when you can really have people that witness our life, the ups and the downs and just how supportive we can be of each other and busting that myth that we can thrive alone. No one can thrive alone. It takes a community. It takes a group. We are designed to thrive together. So welcome back. Mm, thank you. It's so nice to be back. And thank you so much for coming to interview me today. That was a lot of fun. I've been busting to share it with people, actually. I think there's so much learning in, in everything. So thank you so much for your time today, Megan, for interviewing me. Thank you. No worries. Awesome, guys. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed that. If you've got any more questions about the trip or anything else you'd like to know, then hit me up and I'm happy to share. Thank you for listening to that episode. I hope it was helpful and I hope you enjoyed it. I just wanted to share with you that I'm actually going to be opening up the doors for my really fabulous, not quite goal setting course, but it's how to make next year your best year yet. I've run this the last couple of years and it's been such a huge success and I have loved running it so much. It runs over three days and it's all about how to actually make next year the year that you actually make the things happen, whether it be wanting to start that business wanting to start a podcast, wanting to share your voice more, a newsletter, wanting to just show up for yourself and your life more, improve your relationships, feel like you're thriving in the world. Whatever your hopes and dreams are, let's make next year the year it actually happens. New Year's resolutions sometimes or most of the time fall by the wayside by February. Let's not let that happen next year. Over these three days, I'll show you how to actually tap into your subconscious and figure out what it is that's actually holding you back from really making your dreams come true. It's such a fun three days and I would love you to join me in this course. The link is in the bio, in my show notes to join, not the bio, the link is in the show notes to join and please jump on in and let's make 2023 our best year yet.